Grace and peace be unto you. This is Pastor J. Ricardo Smith, and you are listening to another episode of the Place of Growth podcast, which is an outreach and digital discipleship platform that we're using of the Brown Chapel Baptist Church in Bishop, Georgia. And if you were able to be with us for our study segment on last night, you heard me share a very uh, important update, and that is that we want to be able to use this platform in a very diverse way. And that is not to just give you study content, uh, but to also find ways to give you information and inspiration uh, to navigate through these difficult waters in this season of COVID-19. And so we're launching for the very first time a unique episode called Moments in Ministry and Medicine. Moments in Ministry and Medicine. And, you know, I was thinking through who we could invite to be our first guest for a moment in ministry and medicine. And I could think of no better person than my wife, Brown Chapel, your first lady. And for those who may not be members of our church but are listening, it is none other than Dr. Rondalyn Smith. Dr. Smith, we are so grateful to have you here on today. Good evening, podcast family. And thank you so much, Pastor Smith, for allowing me to join you tonight on The Place of Growth. As Pastor stated, yes, I am your First Lady of Browns Chapel Baptist Church, but I'm also, by day, a clinical pharmacist. And so I have the pleasure tonight of talking to you a little bit about ministry and medicine as we navigate through the waters of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's awesome. Uh, so Dr. Smith, will you, I guess, start here with kind of giving us some an overview, some facts as it relates to the coronavirus or what we know to be the strain of COVID-19. Absolutely. So the coronavirus, um, also known as COVID-19, was first identified in China. And this disease is spreading all throughout worldwide. There have been over 1 million cases in the United States alone. And unfortunately, over 60,000 deaths in the United States. Wow. And so what we're finding is that the coronavirus is spread through the air by coughing or sneezing or through per personal contact, such as touching or shaking hands. Also, we find out that it can be simply spread by just touching your eyes, your mouth, or your nose after you've had contact with the surface or someone who may have been exposed to the virus. That's valuable information. So spread through coughing, possibly by being having access to someone who has been exposed to it. And so as some preventative measures, I think, uh, that we can take, I'm noticing that there are all different types of masks that people are wearing. Um, and so can you educate us now on the mask? Should you wear one? Should you not wear one? And what type of mask should you have? Yes. Anyone able to wear a mask that doesn't impede your breathing should definitely wear a mask. Those who are aged two and older should wear a mask, especially while they're out in the public setting. There are several different types of masks, and we'll go over those in just a moment. But I want to go back to the part about that it is spread through the air. Mm -hmm. So the importance of that is that you want to make sure that your nose and your mouth and your respiratory tract is covered. 
because that it could be a way of entering inside of your body to cause the disease. And we know symptoms of the disease can be shortness of breath or fever or cough. So if you cough, make sure to cough inside of your elbow or on a cloth and then throw that tissue away. And also wearing a mask, that reduces the risk of transmission. So if you're out in the public setting, if let's say, Pastor, you have on a mask and I have on a mask, then we reduce our spread of transmitting the virus from you to me way down to 1.5%. And so that's a very low number to have you at risk for developing um, or being exposed to the virus. So it is best for you to wear a mask when you are out in public, such as the grocery store, or when you're unable to maintain a social distance um, one from another. So the types of masks, so we reserve our N95 masks. Those are specialized masks used in the healthcare setting. Those are precisely fitted around the nose and the mouth of those who wear those every day and they have filters on them in order to keep out small particles of the virus. And then there are also surgical masks. We want to leave those for our healthcare professionals as well during the shortage since they're at close contact with those who've been exposed to the virus or those who've been identified as having the virus. And then if you're able to not sew a mask yourself, there are certainly different ways where you can DIY or do-it-yourself type mask at home if you're unable to sew. You want to use several layers of fabric just as a form of protection to increase the, the chance of transmission of the disease. You can utilize a t-shirt or a bandana. You can also use several pieces of a square cloth and you can tie those together either by sewing them, doing a quick stitch, by rubber bands, or hair elastic ties, or even tie backs as well around your head and around your neck in order to make a mask for protection for you and your family. That's, that's some great information. Uh, what I'm hearing you say is that even in the midst of this uh, crisis that people can still uh, be innovative and creative and find ways to still keep themselves safe uh, while exploring some new options. Absolutely. So in this time, due to shortages and because the virus has spread throughout the United States and worldwide so greatly, it's very important for us to utilize whatever tools that we have available in order to reduce the risk and slow down the spread of this grave disease. Awesome. Um, well, we've discussed masks. Uh, something else that I've been hearing a lot about uh, is the mandates for us to wash our hands uh, a certain way, a particular way. And so can you speak to us about uh, the best way to continue uh, to practice good hygiene with, with our hand washing? So the best way is, of course, to wash your hands. Um, washing them for more than 20 seconds, you want to use a soap while you're doing it. And we often tease about this, but it's very applicable during this time. We have a two-year-old son, and we teach him with a song. 
It's tops and bottoms, tops and bottoms, and squeeze between your fingers. We often, a lot of times, forget about to wash in between our fingers, but that's very important because you can have um, contact on those areas as well. After you wash your hands, you want to do that often. If you're not able to wash your hands, then you can certainly utilize 60% or greater alcohol in order to sanitize your hands. There's even, as we talked about innovation with masks, here in the Athens area, there's even a local brewery or distillery um, that is converting its production line into making sanitizer for the community due to the shortage because you're not able to get uh, sanitizer on the shelves as you would in the past as readily or there are those who are diverting that towards other areas where there are hot spots throughout the United States so there isn't a lot of sanitizer that's left over for the local community in your grocery store or your retail pharmacies. So this distillery has converted from dispensing alcohol to producing alcohol. Alcohol, <laughs> exactly. And so you're able to get something so that you can protect your family while you're unable to hand wash while you're out and you don't have access to water. You um, Also, if you don't have access to hand washing, we know that some people in lieu of hand washing are wearing gloves. You shouldn't wear gloves for a long period of time. That wasn't the intended use of gloves. Also, it creates a false sense of security for those. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when you're out shopping and you're at the local grocery store, you'll see those who are shopping and are pushing their carts with gloves on. They'll take those same gloves after getting their groceries, put the groceries inside of the car, get into the car, crank up the car, and put those same gloves that were out that they used in the community onto the steering wheel and drive home right. and use those same gloves. Again, not the intended purpose for gloves because you're just spreading around and taking home any exposed area that you may have encountered while you were out in public back to your car and to your home. So it's best instead of using gloves and creating that false sense of security because you may touch your hands, you may touch your eyes, you may touch your mouth, and that can cause the virus to enter into your body at that time, it's best to certainly use hand sanitizer after you've been out in a public place or to wash your hands. And I recommend doing both. Both are very safe practices that you can use to slow the spread. I hope you guys are enjoying this. This is some uh, amazing information. I wanna go back to what she mentioned about uh, the distillery uh, dispensing uh, alcohol in a different form for hand sanitizer. I heard uh, on today that the president of the University of Georgia believes that football season will uh, return with fans uh, as normal. That's his prediction. And I don't know where that information is coming from, but I pray uh, that we can keep some of these uh, bars closed down and, and keep them open for hand sanitizer use if people are going to be out in mass in just a few months. 
Um, but with that being said, one of the concerns is people being asymptomatic. When people are out that uh, you don't know if a person has it. And sometimes people themselves, they don't know because uh, they're not ex they're not expressing any symptoms. And so what other precautions uh, would you recommend that people take in this time, especially seeing as how we really don't know who's carrying the virus? That's a very good point, Pastor Smith. So um, as he stated, there are many who are asymptomatic. We talked about earlier some of the common symptoms of the disease such as shortness of breath fever and a cough but many don't exhibit those symptoms and they're walking around and they're exposed to those outside of their household and you can spread the virus and that's exactly what's happened um, and how the virus has ran so rampant throughout the united states is because there are those many of many whom are asymptomatic, meaning they are without symptoms. So that's why it's important for us to wear masks again to reduce the spread of transmission, to wash hands, have great hand sanitizing practices, and it's also important for us to maintain a good social distance. And we recommend six feet or greater. We also recommend reducing the crowds. You mentioned football season. So as we know, here in Athens, Georgia, there'll be 95,000 fans sure. seated in the stadium or more. And that's just inside of the stadium with tickets. That does not include those who are working in the stands, the football team themselves, their staff, any emergency personnel, and also the actual employees who are working um, that particular game. Mm -hmm. So there's a large amount of individuals who will be in the Athens area, as well as the fans who may be watching on the infamous bridge, who may not be able to enter into the game, but they're around as well. So that's certainly over the 10-person requirement. <laughs> Absolutely. However... We are hopeful. We are hopeful during this time period, and maybe this is why they have stated, based on prediction models, that they are able to enter the stadium, that you are able to be in larger crowds, over 10 people by that point sure. in a few months' time. So until that time, we want to make sure to utilize these practices in order to slow the spread so we can calm down uh, the amount of people who are infected with the virus on a daily basis. That's great. Um, I, I, in closing, I just want to ask one last question. You know, um, for all of our listeners, you've heard me share even uh, some of the struggles I've had in this season. And um, one of the biggest things is missing people uh, interaction face to face, but also more recently, uh, going to a funeral, graveside service, um, seeing a person who, you know, has lived a long, uh, celebrated life, and we're not able to celebrate them in the way um, that we have become accustomed to celebrating because of the new requirements. And so it's just been a difficult thing to watch uh, people kind of die lonely. And so uh, as I've asked every person that has been on our prayer calls, um, and as I've tried to share periodically from the content that I've shared, um, I want to know from your perspective, um, 
as a pharmacist, as a wife, um, just in general, as a mother, uh, how has this pandemic affected you personally uh, along this time? Well, it makes you think about what's most important during this time. And you think about the love for your family and you want to protect your family in any way possible to keep them safe from the virus itself. As a healthcare professional, you see those patients who have been affected or the family members of those who have been affected. So you can't help for your heart to go out to those who have been directly affected. Those of you who are listening to the podcast, I'm sure either you know someone who has succumbed to the virus or know someone who knows someone who has succumbed to the virus. And so we want to definitely pray for those individuals and those families and pray for their strength in the Lord. And it's just brought us back to a time to going back to the basics, slowing down the course of life, thinking and reflecting on those things that really matter and those things that are important. And you mentioned about graveside services and those lives not being able to be celebrated um, if we were not in a pandemic. We know that sometimes church buildings would be filled with individuals who have come by to celebrate the lives. But during this pandemic, we know that we can celebrate those individuals in other ways that's uh through virtual virtual technology we can utilize um going back to paper and pen at this point we can certainly send mail to those to let them know that we're thinking about them we can call and your prayers for those individuals and again praying the strength for those And I don't look at it as that person has died lonely because we know that if you die in Christ, he's always amongst you and he's always with you wherever you are. And so we can find comfort in knowing that those who have gone on, have succumbed to the virus, have played out their lives and have lived a life that's pleasing in God's sight. And we know that we can find comfort and hope in knowing that we will see that person yet again on the other side. But certainly hurt does hurt um, and grief is real and this pandemic and the disease is real. So we certainly don't want to minimize the grief by those who have been affected by it. But we just have to hold together during this time love on each other a little bit more, check on each other a little bit more. So that way we can all make it through this time. All right, Dad. She has encouraged the preacher. Um, But I thank God that we don't sorrow as those who don't have hope. And so we are so grateful uh, for these uh, words of wisdom that we have been shared here in this moment of ministry and medicine. Uh, I pray that all that has been shared by Dr. Smith has uh, been a help for you, has been 
uh, possibly answered some questions for you as you have wrestled through this season, uh, even on your own. Um, I pray that you would share this uh, podcast with others. Subscribe for us. Uh, Again, we thank God for Apple Podcasts, for Spotify, and now for Google Podcasts. And so um, you can listen to one of those three platforms or perhaps even on our website. Uh, But we want to continue to get this information and inspiration to you uh, in this season. Last thing I want to share before we get off is that uh, Brown Chapel is uh, doing all that we can, even as we prepare to return back to the building. Uh, We uh, are projecting some things. We're preparing ourselves for some things. It won't be in the coming weeks, but I do want to ask that by May the 10th, you would go to the church's website, bcoconey.org, that you would order a mask. Uh, The masks are $10. You can get a mask for the church. We've got some amazing uh, and important dates on the church's calendar uh, coming up. And so I want to ask that all of our members uh, would have a mask. If You said is it they're eight or older? Right. These masks will fit ages eight and older. But anyone ages two and up should certainly wear a mask. Should wear a mask of some sort. Um, But if you're between two and six... Uh, parents, uh, don't put the church's mask on them. Uh, make sure you got something else to cover them. Uh, but for all those who are aiding up, uh, the mask should fit all of us. It's a wonderful um, sign of unity. And so I want to thank the team for working on that for us. And again, uh, as we have heard, shared with us on tonight, there are some creative things that come out of this. Uh, there is some uh, ingenuity and some innovation that comes out of this. Uh, there are just some practical lessons that are coming out of this to return us back to the basics. And so as we continue to go through it, we're going to continue to grow, grow through, through it. it. You be blessed. Look forward to catching you on the next podcast.